You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit Rock Auto and tell them that Locked On sent you. On today's show, we're going to get into the mailbag. It's the middle of summer, and we want to talk about what you want to talk about. So there's a bunch of great questions that came up, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we get into that, let's jump into the news. It's been a quiet weekend for Boston College sports. Of course, with recruiting kind of slowing down, uh, there's not much to talk about. Sunday evening was the MLB draft. I have to admit again, I am recording this before the draft. I will not be waiting to see who picks Sal Freelich and Cody Morissette. But on Wednesday's show, I will break down where they ended up, uh, how they fit into their systems, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the draft. Uh, but on Wednesday's show, again, we have Steve Aponavicius coming on, and you're going to want to hear that as well. Um, the big news uh, over the weekend, really, Jordan Anthony, a wide receiver out of Mississippi, um, named Boston College in his top seven. I'm interested to see if he will uh, choose the Eagles. I have a few nuggets about him that I'm going to be putting up for premium members on our Discord and forum channels. So if you're a BC uh, premium, BC Bulletin premium member, you can find out some nuggets that I know about him that won't be going on the regular post. So you want to check that out. The interesting things that came up over this weekend was um, the website NFL Draft Bible, which is part of the Sports Illustrated Network, just like my site, BC Bulletin. Uh, they did their draft preview for 2022, and they've been going through the different positions and giving grades out for different players. And um, this week was tight ends, and I just went over to check to see, hey, did Trey Berry, the uh, new tight end from Jacksonville State, did he make their big board? And he did. He was 20th ranked tight end, which is not great. Um but there were some interesting notes that I thought uh, was w- w- we should talk a little bit about. First of all, they rate them, and then they give them their current value and their predictive value, like kind of where they could go. And Trey Barry's current value is a six, which is, as they said, a bottom of the roster type player, which doesn't surprise me because when I talked to Mitch Wolf, we've talked about it on the show before. You know, if he entered the draft last year, he probably would have been drafted as a sixth or seventh round player, but you know that's a that's a uh, real chance to make it to a team. You either do or you don't, and there's not um, a huge you know sway either way if he does that. Um, so you know that's kind of where it was, and that seems accurate based off of what NFL Draft Bible says. Now they put him at that as a six, and then his possible reach uh, rating was an eight, which is around what Hunter Long had. So that shows you what Trey Barry could do with Boston College. As an eight, an eight is a uh, starter at the NFL level. It's a it's a average starter. So kind of what I think Hunter Long was a little higher. I think he was 8.8 when he left. But that still shows you that Trey Barry is not going to be a huge drop off from Hunter Long. It's not like you're going from, you know, a starter in the NFL to a freshman. You're getting a, another NFL tight end to, to fill in that spot. So I think Barry, as I said all along, could be really 
productive in this offense. I think with Phil Dracovic and Zay Flowers and some of those other weapons around him, he really could be setting himself up to have a big year in 2021. And if you have a big year like that, that's going to help your draft stock. And I think, you know, when you look at draft stock as well, getting some FBS level tape out there to scouts is a huge deal. Like obviously FCS players, guys that go to Jacksonville State, things like that, they make it to the pros. It happens. But you know, I'm sure the statistics bear out that if you play for a Power 5 conference, you have a much better chance of getting a better draft uh, grade, getting a better draft um, slot, all that stuff. So I think Trey Barry could be that type of player that really shows off and has a big year that allows him to go into the NFL draft. And finally, another piece that came up was Eric McLean had his top five um, quarterbacks in the ACC for the 2022 season, and Phil Dracovic came in at four. Now, I know some fans out there are going to get upset because he's not higher, but I think the three in front of him, I understand why they're there. You know, number one, Sam Howell. He's pretty much a consensus Heisman candidate at this point. Uh, he had an amazing season last year. He's projected to have a big one this year. No, no, no question mark there. And behind him is quarterback DJ Uyagalale from Clemson. And again, it's hard to argue that <laughs> Dracovic could be higher than that. At this point, he could have a bigger season. Uh, and then, the third one is Derek King. That's where I kind of squabble because Derek King is coming back from a, a catastrophic knee injury. Uh, but, you know, he has all the potential. You know, when he was with Houston, everyone talked about him. But, like, with Miami and everything, I kind of want to see it before I believe it. Like, they always talk up Miami at the beginning of every season as this big juggernaut that's waiting to happen and it's going to happen this year. And it never happens. So, I, I caught me a little bit skeptical with... Uh, DR King, but they put him in front of Brennan Armstrong, um, the quarterback from uh, NC State, uh, Devin Leary, and and every other quarterback in the conference. So I think that McLean's uh, predictions are pretty cl- are pretty good. And, but then he has his top five wide receivers, and that's where I get a little bit like, eh, don't uh, you lost me there? Uh, he has Justin Ross as his number one in the ACC. Get that. That's you know, when you have a Clemson wide receiver, you have a Clemson wide receiver. Then Jakari Robertson from Wake Forest. Yes, I know he had stats similar to Zay Flowers. I still think Zay Flowers is a better wide receiver with a bigger um, upside than than Robertson. So I would put, I would flip him and Zay. Zay's three, and then Jordan Addison and Amika Amizi are the top five there. So I have been talking about that on our Maroon and Gold message boards, and we'll talk a little bit about what that is again in just a moment. But before we do that, let's talk about Made In. How does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? The short answer, they have access to the right kitchen tools. With Made In's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. If you're serious about cooking, you should invest in your kitchen tools. Made In's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the chefs. I use their, their knife, their chef's knife. It is the best. You have to check it out. If quality and craftsmanship is important to you, you should check out Made In. Made In is a cookware and kitchenware brand that with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, and knives. They have 28,000 five-star reviews and products are used by some of the best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Made In, better cookware for better meals. Right now, go to madeincookware.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for 15% off your first order. Again, go to madeincookware.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for 15% off your first order. The 
Locked On Boston College podcast is supported in part by the Charlestown Law Group. You need to know about the Charlestown Law Group. If you or someone you know have recently received a traffic violation, speeding or other moving violation that you would like to contest, then you need to call the Charlestown Law Group. Attorney Jason Campbell and his team can and will help you fight the ticket. Did you know that a moving violation can stay on your insurance record for five to six years? One conviction can cost you thousands of dollars. If you want to win, you generally need an attorney. Why not hire a professional litigator with a track record of success? Jason Campbell at the Charlestown Law Group will fight for you. He's a proud Boston College graduate, and Attorney Campbell is an experienced litigator that will be able to tell you if you have merit before you go to court, saving you both time and money. Charlestown Law Group will fight tickets anywhere in Massachusetts, and they offer discounted rates for Boston College students and alumni. The Charlestown Law Group specializes in traffic violations, and they will fight for you. Call them immediately at 617-872-8652. That's 617-872-8652 for a free consultation or visit charlestownlawgroup.com. Go Eagles! This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. On Wednesday's show, as I said earlier, we're going to have Steve Bonavicious, former Boston College kicker and super fan, on to talk about his experience with the Eagles and, uh, you know, get to know a little bit about his story. I, I'm surprised. I've talked to a few people who are younger alumni that don't know him. This is a story you're not going to want to miss. Now, on today's show, let's jump in and talk about our mailbag. Now, if you want to jump in on our mailbag, there's two options for you. You can either go to our Maroon and Gold forums, and there's always a mailbag feature that you can add in a question if you have one or a comment you want to make or if you are a premium subscriber you can head to the discord or the premium channel and add your own question as well we're going to try to do these as often as possible because it gives a chance for you the listeners to get your voice heard uh so today as well just a little quick note about myself i like to always throw some stuff about aj that's going on it's the middle of july and for the first time i swear in my life I have allergies in the middle of July. I don't know what is going on, and I've heard from other people. Eric Hoffs has sent me a text that he has it too. Um, so if I sound congested, I apologize. I hope it goes away. I've been taking Claritin all week. But what is this? In the middle of July, I'm getting allergies? Uh, so I apologize if I sound really nasally or more nasally than usual um, on the on the podcast today. Uh, but let's, uh, without further ado, let's look at the mailbag. My first question is from one of my friends on the on the podcast and uh, a person who always asks questions. I don't know who it is because he uses this, uh, an alias. It's Baldwin the Anonymous Eagle. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. I love I love his questions every time he asks good ones. Hey, AJ, two questions. To what extent did the 2016 winless ACC football and basketball season impact BC's perception nationally today? And which one of the following do you think would have the best chance at doing? Would, would you have the best chance at doing? Tackling AJ Dillon, guarding, guarding Reggie Jackson, covering Zay Flowers, blocking BJ Raji, or saving a penalty shot versus Johnny Gaudreau? Woo, that second question, uh, that's going to be a doozy, but we'll get to that one in a moment. Uh, so what question? the first question about the winless season in 2015 and 16 for basketball and football, how did that hurt Boston College nationally? It definitely hurt. Um, I, you know, From talking to recruits back in those days, it really left a stink because – you know, BC for for what it was worth did really a, a nice job in thirteen and fourteen under Adazio to kind of get themselves back into a decent position, right? They they got over the that hump in two thousand twelve where Frank uh, Frank Spaziani went two and ten and that season was terrible. Um, but the two thousand thirteen fourteen season we saw saw some life in there. We had a Heisman candidate and Andre Williams. You saw two thousand fourteen they beat USC, so there was some life coming back into the program, and then all of a sudden. It was like, boom, 
15 happens and everything falls apart again because the offense was one of the worst offenses I think I'll ever see in, in, in Boston College history. It was it was terrible. They didn't have a quarterback. You know, Darius Wade went out early. Jeff Smith, who, you know, found himself eventually as a as a wide receiver and John Fadul and Troy Flutie. They did what they could, but they weren't they weren't ready to be ACC quarterbacks at that point. Um, so. You know, recruits see that stuff. They see the jokes about three and zero. You know that three and zero game against Wake Forest. They see the, you know, the graphics about them not winning. It really did set the back because what ends up happening is you stink, and then it's like, oh, that's great. And then like for three more seasons, you see them kind of like treading water, but you don't really see them ever get out of that. Like there was the excitement was still kind of lost. There was no like big win for BC football, and that that really hurt them. That really put them back. But I what I would say though is Halfley for the first time really has that excitement um, moving and, and people looking past 2015 for the first time in six years. So I think with a big year this year, that will finally be erased and, and recruits won't know about it again because, you know, many of them would have been like seven or eight years old at that point, you know, when, when that game happened. Basketball, on the other hand, um, that really just kind of solidified where this basketball program has gone, you know, from the last years of Al Skinner, where they were going to the, you know, the tournament where they were doing things positively to completely falling off the cliff under Steve uh, Donahue and Jim Christian, uh, that, that winless season, you know, at, at that point, I still argue, you know, Adazio, I can understand you could, you keep him after that 2015. Some people probably going to yell at me for saying that, but I can understand it. Jim Christian, I, I, for basketball, I couldn't understand it. Um, and, it, you know, that's, that trajectory continues going down. And Earl Grant has a heck of a, a job ahead of him trying to fix that because their trajectory is way lower than football. So those two two winless seasons, I think, had different effects, but they definitely negatively impacted both programs and really kind of changed the, the narrative around this program because now everyone thinks of BC as like a punching bag. I've mentioned that before. Now, the second question. Oh, my goodness. Baldwin always has a good one with this. Do I want to tackle A.J. Dillon, guard Reggie Jackson, cover Zay Flowers, block B.J. Raji, or save a penalty shot versus Gaudreau? What one do I have the best chance of doing? Um, I Okay, so all of these I have no chance of doing. Uh, A.J. Dillon, I'm, I mean, I could walk in front of him and try tackling him, but I'm not doing that. Uh, guarding Reggie Jackson, he probably would just cross me up and I'd fall on my butt. Uh, Zay Flowers would just run right by me. B.J. Raji... Uh, outweighs me by 150 pounds. I'm not stopping him. The best chance of anything is me accidentally like falling over on a Johnny Gaudreau um, penalty shot and stopping it. So, uh, and that would be like him having to make a mistake and that would happen. So I would say my best chance is stopping a Johnny Gaudreau penalty shot. But if he just tried sniping one by me over and over again, I would never stop that either. So that was a great question, Baldwin. Thank you for that. And our second question, I have a quick answer for a question someone had asked me, which was, do you plan on going to any games this year? Not as a fan. I mean, not as a, a media member. And I absolutely plan on that. Uh, at some point this season, I am not going to go to a game. Um, and I, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to the Friday game, period. I can't get to that. Um, but I will be going to a tailgate. I will be enjoying myself with my fans, my friends. So I will agree that I will be at a game as a fan. So hopefully maybe I can meet up with some of you and say hi and you can meet me. <laughs> uh, but that should be fun. So, uh, but in a moment, we're going to finish up. I have some more questions in the mailbag. We only got through one right now. My goodness. I feel like I, uh, 
I, I prepped this up, but there was such a great question from Baldwin that that was kind of where it let, where it let, laid. But let's chat about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar comes in nine delicious flavors, and they have the limited edition grasshopper cookie, which I cannot stress is one of the best Built Bars I've ever had. If you have not checked it out, I already bought two boxes of them. I'm gonna get some more probably before they run out. It tastes like a mint chocolate chip, I mean mint cookie, uh, and it's delicious. It was. I was actually with my mother-in-law the other day, and she's like, "What are the names of those bars that you eat?" Because um, they were awesome. They, they really taste like a candy bar. She, I'm, I'm not even telling her like my ad lines. She's telling me this, um, and so I was, yeah, she's like, "Those are so good. I need to get some." And and I agree. I, I, if you have not checked them out yet, go to builtbar.com backslash, um, sorry, builtbar.com use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. We're going through the listener mailbag here and going through some of the questions. And if you have not done so already, head on over to maroonandgoldforums.com and register. It is absolutely free. You're going to get a chance to talk to other Boston College fans and myself. Uh, and if you want like a chance for a community to talk about BC Sports, we'll be doing our our live chats on there during the games. That'll be where our threads will be at. Um, it kind of replaced our comment section on BC Bulletin. And I think this is actually going to be even more fun to follow and have more opportunity for you as a fan. Super easy. It's free. So if you want to join... Um, there's all sorts of different topics. I, I throw up a lot of different things. Uh, check that out. It's maroonandgoldforums.com. Make sure you register uh, for your free account. Now, our final kind of qu- couple questions. Our first one comes from Patrick Tolan, who's another fan of the, the podcast. Who are your f- top three ACC quarterbacks? Mine are DJ, Howell, and Jakovic. King is overrated, so he is not three. So my top three, uh, we kind of talked about this in the first section, but that's okay because I didn't give you my order. My top three are Howell, number one. I agree with Eric McLean on that one. DJ, number two. And I'm going to disagree. I'm going to put De'Eric King right now as number three, but I think Dracovic could jump him. And I think he could probably jump a couple to go into number two. So I'm going to put him as my number two. And then he asked me, uh, Patrick Tolan asked me as well, and we're going off a little uh, tangent here, but that's okay. He wanted me to rank my uh, Boston professional sports teams. As you guys can tell, I am from the area. I have a thick Boston accent at times that come up. If you're telling me about um, coloring your uh, car, my R's drop a lot. (laughs) Um, I work on it, but it's still there. Uh, So my top teams, if you were to ask me in order, my my bottom team in terms of what I care about is probably the Celtics. I like the Celtics, but they're near the bottom. I don't. I don't think I watched a game in the last two years. The pandemic kind of stuff stunk too. But this team this year was really unlikable. Um, they were hard to follow, and they were played some brutal games. So I didn't really like the Celtics. Then my number four for me, number three is the Red Sox. Um, this changed quite a bit. Uh, over time for me, I was always a diehard Red Sox fan. I mean, God, before I got into football, it was baseball everything. I used to love like Spike Owens and Marty Barrett, Jim Rice, Dwight Evans. They were all my favorites. Um, but I have to say, like going to games kind of like lost its luster when it cost me like 400 bucks to go to a baseball game. And then I, you know, have people singing Sweet Caroline when they're down by eight runs. Uh, that kind of like soured it a bit for me when it became more of a, uh, a social event than a game, uh, which is fine. It's, it is what it is. I'm just saying what I think. Um, and so they're my number three, but yeah, I'm trying to get back into baseball. I just I, I also can't give three hours of watching slow baseball games over and over again. My number two is the Bruins. I love the Bruins. Um, 
you know, I don't know. I'm not a big hockey head, but I love watching a good playoff hockey for me is like the top. I love playoff hockey. And then you're going to all boo me when I say the Patriots are my number one. Um, I love I'm a New England guy. Um, it was great to see Tom Brady do well, but I'm looking forward to I love NFL football. And I know it's it's kind of icky at points, but, you know, I'm looking forward to it coming back. So, Patrick, thank you for those great questions. My second question of the day was over-unders from NYC Eagle. NYC Eagle, if you're listening, thank you for coming back. I love uh, hearing your having your voice heard on the boards. He said, over-unders, Jakovic, 3,000 passing yards, 30 touchdowns. So I had said on my podcast before that I, I'll pick over on both of those. Um, I think he's going to throw for, I think I had him at 3,500 and probably about 35 touchdowns. Uh, so I have him over that. Running backs, does any one guy get to 1,000 yards? Nope. No one will get even, even close. Uh, Garwo and Levy and um, some of the other guys, they'll probably mix it up, but I don't see any of them getting 1,000. Uh, Over-under for Zay Flowers getting 1,000 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. I'm going to go over on both of those. I think Zay Flowers could probably have about 1,300 yards this year. I think he's going to have a huge year. Sack leader on defense, over-under seven sacks. Now that's tricky because they have games against cupcakes this year that they really didn't have much of last year and they have a year and they have a whole summer to train for it i'm gonna say under though i don't know you know marcus valdez could be the closest they come to getting seven sacks but i i just don't i don't know if i see it yet and does bc finish the season in the top 25 i saw bc eagle set 1974 um challenge me for a beer because he thought I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I, I absolutely think BC is going to be a top 25 team. Uh, I absolutely think it's going to happen and um, I think they're going to finish 10 and 3. I'm, gonna, I'm sticking with my, my prediction and we're going to, that's, I'm locking that in gold right now and you guys can rip on me if I'm wrong, but that's where I'm at. And then finally uh, my my dad asked me a question this week and I wanted to, to get into it. If BC Sports does well this year, will the national media or, lo- I'm sorry, the local media care about them? And I say no. <laughs> I, I wish they would, but I don't see the, the 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 local media really caring more than they do now unless BC became like a top 10 program. I don't see that happening yet. Uh, so I don't think they're going to have that. I think the, the media will kind of, you know, do what they usually do. You'll get a Globe article from Rich and and Julian and the usual guys, Trevor Haas and all them, and they'll do a great job with what they do. But I don't think I, I see them becoming like a big story, like a lead in story yet. Um, they, BC needs to, to do some things. They need to win some games. They need to become relevant. Um, and, um, they're going to take that step this year, but I don't think it's going to happen right away. So thank you all for listening today. Again, on Wednesday, we're going to be back with Steve upon vicious. We're going to talk about, uh, his, his, path to the Eagles on Friday. We're going to do another fan Friday. And then next week we're back to full time. It's going to be five days a week. We're catching up with the ACC media days coming up on the 20th and through 22nd and all sorts of news that you're going to want to hear here first. Make sure to like, and subscribe to BC Bulletin wherever, I mean, at locked on Boston college and BC Bulletin. Um, and if you haven't already go back and listen to some of our old episodes, uh, like for the last like month and a half, they're all pretty much like you know, evergreen. You can listen to them at any point. So if there's one you missed and you want to get some football news, go back, listen to my previews on any position. Uh, and remember that I forgot about Jason Matry and I didn't want to do that. Uh, so check that out. And thank you all for listening. And I'll see you all again tomorrow for uh, Wednesday for another show. See you all soon. Bye.